Welcome, everybody. I am Shaw. Jay is not with us today. He is fine as well, but he had some heater issues at his house. He came home to a smoking apartment. Uh, so we wish him well and pray for that to be fixed soon. Uh, but we have a really cool episode for you today. We had a vocation panel last week at the school. Some priests, some religious came and visited with our kids, sort of told their vocation stories. The kids got opportunities to ask some questions. It was a really, really beautiful time. Um, and we just thought we'd edit it down to uh, some cool stories for you guys to listen to of these these beautiful vocation stories, callings from God. Uh, so without any further ado, here they are. Thank you for having us. Well, let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent your Son to be our brother and to be our Savior. We ask you, uh, we also thank you for the church that he gave us so that his message of salvation can be spread to every corner of the earth. We know that our vocations are how you draw us into your plan of salvation for us. So we ask you to help us to always open our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive your guidance through your Holy Spirit, to know our vocation, and then to boldly follow and do your will. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon all of us during this time, and we just pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Again, my name is Father Scott, and I grew up in St. Louis. I'm the youngest of seven boys and one girl. And uh, although it was always apparent in our family that our parents would like one of those seven boys to be a priest, that's not what I wanted to do. From the time I was a young boy, even younger than than you all, I wanted to uh, be an architect and get married and have a big family. And I kind of, I went down that path and I came here to Kansas. I went to school. I got degrees in architecture and engineering. I was working here in Kansas City. Um, But eventually I found that my plan for my life was not making me very happy and I wasn't very fulfilled. And so I had to look back through my life and see all those different ways where God was kind of leading me towards the priesthood and take all of that to him in prayer and say, were you, you know, like I was a server, I liked to be, uh, I liked to be a lector, I liked hanging out with the priests, I liked to uh, do any leadership thing that involved being part of the church. Um, I was with a, uh, I had leadership positions in the pro-life movement, I got to lead retreats in high school, all those sorts of things. I had all these awesome experiences, but I kept ignoring all of them because I thought that I had my plan for my life. But once my plan showed me to be kind of empty for me, I... Um, decided to listen to the Lord, talk to him about what he wanted, and eventually he showed me that he wanted me in the seminary. So I went there, and um, I I was up in Chicago for five years studying in the seminary, and by God's grace and kindness, I have been ordained, as I said, for four years now. And his plan for my life is is way better than mine was, Uh, way more fulfilling, way more exciting, actually, uh, I've gone to places all over the world since I joined the seminary. Uh, life has been really way much better. Um, I just wish I would have listened to him um, a lot earlier. But, uh, yeah, I encourage you to to start listening now. Don't wait till you're 26 to finally ask the Lord what he wants from you. And I'm Father Larry, and I have a story very similar to Father Scott's. I went to seminary later in life, so I had already... Um, worked for a few years after college, but I grew up in a very different situation than you all. I grew up way out in the country, about two hours west of here in Kansas, 
and Catholic family, but public school all the way through. So no mass during school. The closest I got to mass during school was when I got to serve for funerals at our little parish church by our public school. But um, there were really kind of two things that helped me discern my vocation. One was my girlfriend, oddly enough, who I dated in high school and in college, and she was not Catholic. And she kept asking me questions about why we Catholics do all these things that we do. Why do we believe in the Eucharist? Why do we ask Mary to pray for us? And it prompted me to then start reading and finding out why I did those things, because I just always took it for granted. And so I really credit our relationship with helping me come to faith. And then it was really through uh, helping her come to faith that I realized that I was called to serve um, as a priest, or at least look into that, because I really fell in love with service. And even though I got a degree in engineering and worked in computers, what I liked about my jobs that I had when I worked um, after college was I liked helping people and making them feel comfortable with their computer. And now I feel like I'm doing a similar kind of thing with helping people feel comfortable with allowing God deeper and deeper into their lives. Um, So I worked for five years after I graduated from college. And that whole time I could really see God was very patiently and and very subtly working in my life. But like Father Scott, I, I now wish I had been able to do it a little earlier, but I also know that God prepared me um, for his plan for me today, and I um, definitely value that time that I had to prepare. So, Hi, again, uh, it's Deacon Gerard Alba. Um, for me, I guess I started thinking about priesthood when I was really young, uh, before even kindergarten. Um, so I kind of admired a priest. Um, I remember I would play mass, you know, uh, at home. So we'd play house, and then we'd also play mass with my two sisters. Um, but I think it was in first grade, I found out that priests can get married, or and married men couldn't be priests. And I was like, oh, that's not for me. Because from the earliest memory, I've always had crushes, you know. So... Um, I was like, no, that's that's definitely not for me. You know, I like girls way too much. You know, um, and so I didn't really think much about it um, until a lot later in life. Um, and I grew up in the Philippines. I mean, moved here actually just right before fifth grade. Um, and it was then in the Philippines. It's mainly a Catholic culture, so everyone I knew was Catholic. Everyone, what everyone did was a Catholic thing, and. It was only when we came to the U.S. I, I met like my friends, people I knew. Um, not everyone was Catholic, and so I, that's when I kind of started ask, questioning my faith. Like, what what is this about? I'm not really sure. Um, and which actually I think made my Catholic identity even stronger. Um, it wasn't until later in college when I met um, a seminarian. Um, at the time, he's now Father Anthony Ouellette. He was the first seminarian I ever met. Before priests, I saw priests. It's like, yeah, I admired them, but they're kind of strange. I didn't really know um, what to do with them. Like, I, you know, I, I like them, but I don't think I can relate to what they do. Um, but I met a seminarian, and um, when he shared his story, I was like, oh, I, I can relate to what at least his story. If he, if he can, if he's thinking about priesthood, maybe I can think about it as well. Um, so that's kind of when I started uh, thinking about the priesthood was when I was in college. So anyone here, like, 
you guys start serving at the altar yet? The altar servers? Yeah, I I didn't do that until until I was in college. So I I never had that kind of experience. Um, but when I remember when I was serving at mass and stuff, like how um, it made me fall in love more with the Eucharist and fall in love more with with Christ. Um, kind of fast forward, I entered a seminary, but then I also then I left again. I uh, was gone for six years and only went back just two years ago. Um, that's just my personality. I'm always like, God, I love you. And I'm like, I don't like you anymore. And then I love you. And now I hate you. Um, that's always been kind of my relationship with him. But I've always been honest. And so I think anytime we're honest with God, even we're angry, if we're sad, but if we just let him know that he's always going to be with us and will always help us along the way. Um, but finally... I, I realized that more than anything, what I wanted to do is to be a priest and that God will fulfill all of my heart's desires. So I've always had big dreams. And, and I finally just started to trust in him that he will bring all my dreams and make them come true. And to be honest, he has been. Like all of my heart's desires have been slowly being fulfilled. I never thought that because I was like, I don't know if you can really do that. But, um, but the Lord can. So... Thank you. Uh, again, my name is Brother Levin Hartson, and um, the, I guess I'll make a quick distinction that um, I'm the one, per, one guy on the panel who is not uh, ordained, uh, which means that I, I haven't had the hands laid on and uh, given the, the powers of, um, what would you say, for the deacon ordination and then for the priesthood. Uh, I'm, I'm a brother in a religious community. Um, and so for my vocation story, I came from Wichita, Kansas, um, and I grew up in a, a family that loved me, that gave me a lot of support, but I didn't have any priests or a religious in my family. And so the idea of being a priest or religious was nowhere near my mind growing up. I went to Catholic school, um, but the faith for me was really just mostly about rules, mostly about how I needed to act, um, and then going to Mass on Sundays. But not f- for, for me, on my, own, on my own heart, I didn't really make it a prayer. And so by the time I got to college, I happened to choose to go to Benedictine College, and I was uh, not very happy with my life. I was not very happy with the choices that I was making, the things that I was valuing. And uh, like Ger- uh, Deacon Gerard, I-, I was at least honest, and I could say that I had not really given my faith a chance. And what I mean by that is that I had not really prayed uh, specifically. I had not really prayed. I had not intentionally spent time uh, in quiet with God. And um, during my time at Benedictine, I did, I did that. And when I did, everything changed in my life. Um, all the things that I valued uh, underwent a change. Um, and so when I got to be a senior at Benedictine College, <clears throat> I knew that I wanted to stay in that place in Atchison at that college community. I wanted to stay there because I'd been given something that had changed my identity, that had changed everything that I valued. And uh, as monks, we take a vow of stability. And so um, I knew that. I knew, I knew enough about the religious life to know that. So I entered formation. I took solemn vows, my final profession, in 2011. I, I don't plan on becoming a priest, so I will uh, remain a consecrated brother, uh, serving my community, praying, uh, living in uh, the fraternal life, and uh, ministering to the students at Benedictine College uh, at the place where God gave me, gave me my faith. So. Well, I'm still Sister Mary Claire. That portion hasn't changed. Um, I always figure if I'm telling my vocation story, I always figure it's 
um, the description of it is that I'm the epitome of stubborn. Um, I had my eyes set on what I wanted, and um, and I was moving forward. And from when I was your age, or for as long as I can remember, it was always I wanted family. I wanted to be married and have kids, and that was always on my side, on my mind. And I guess it wasn't so much that I never considered religious life because I went through eight years of, of sisters teaching in Catholic schools, but it was that I was so focused on married life. And then as I got through school and was began working in corporate America and seeing all my friends and family getting married, um, I found myself asking, okay, Lord, what and why not me? Um, except I was also, I think in the back of my mind, I always knew there was something special he wanted of me and was going to ask of me. So this also I knew what to do, run. Um, um, and I did. And I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't, I didn't, that's not how I phrased my questions. I always seemed to go to our Lord in prayer with what I want. And I finally got to one point in my life where I found myself starting to go and in prayer going, okay, Lord, what is it that you want of me? And as soon as I made that, he didn't wait, he didn't pause, he didn't. As soon as I asked that, he started showing me religious life. And I thought, watch out for the questions you ask. But as soon as he showed me, and then even with that, it was, just let me show you because it frightened me. No one I knew was becoming a religious sister or had entered the priesthood. And so it was very frightening for me. And so I could just sense him going, just let me show you. So I started meeting with a vocation director, which is just someone to sort of walk along with you to help you figure out what the Lord is asking or saying to you. And every meeting that I went to with her, I found like my heart was just on fire. And I thought, this is great. And then I turn around and go, who said that? <laughs> but I found myself responding because as much as I loved my life, I had a great life. I had a great job. I dated. I had great friends, very close to my family. As much as I loved my life, there was something missing. Mentioned down here, uh, there was just something in the way of fulfillment that was missing. And I thought, it's just because I haven't met that guy. To an extent, that's true. When I finally opened myself to allow our Lord to show me what he wanted of me, he opened up this huge world. And I was still somewhat frightened, but I knew I couldn't say no to him. Because we do have a choice. But I couldn't say no to him. And that's when he blew me away, when I said yes, because I went in going, all right, I'll sacrifice all my dreams for you and give you all of this, and I'm just such a martyr. Um, it blew me away, because the little bit that I gave him, he has dumped gifts and graces upon me that I never would have imagined. And I am happier now than I ever could have imagined being. I've seen more, done more, and mainly he has given me everything I have asked for, which is that family. I've got the best spouse of all. Um, mine is divine and divine, um, uh, my spouse. And there is a spousal union, spiritual, but there is a spousal union. 
He has given me everything I ever asked for. And he will you also, as long as you open up to him. I think my vocation I owe to my family. Um, I grew up in a family of two brothers and four sisters, um, very Catholic family, um, in a very small town out close to Colorado. Uh, we never, I never went to Catholic schools growing up. I didn't know any sisters. Um, I didn't have a lot of a lot of opportunities um, to um, get to know any sisters or anything about it. But I remember thinking about it, and my family prayed for vocations um, every day. And when I would think about being a sister, I was, I was kind of uh, worried. Um, and I didn't just, I just kind of forgot about it for a while. Um, but then the thought would come back as I was growing up. Um, and then when I was in high school, I had to really decide what I was going to do when I graduated. And I just didn't know. I, I just, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I did know that I wanted to be happy and I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And that's what I was praying to find out. But he doesn't show us that, like, right away when we want him to. So um, so I did what I liked, and I really liked music. So I went to college to study music, um, and I was fine. I was happy, lots of friends. I could have done a, a lot with that. Um, but then my last two years, I went to Benedictine College, and that really turned everything around for me, and I really started thinking a lot more about being a sister, um, and I could really grow in my Catholic faith. Um, and then that brought me closer to the Servants of Mary in Kansas City. Um, it's not too far away. Um, so I met the Sister Servants of Mary at a retreat one weekend, and so when I saw this sister and I saw how happy she was, I said, oh, that's somebody that I can talk to, and she can help me figure out what my vocation is. And so I did, and um, I went to visit them, and then the sister told me what the ministry was, and she told me that they were nurses. All the sister servants of Mary are nurses. And I said, oh, sister, Oh, that's nice, but like that's not for me. I would never, never, never be a nurse. Um, anything but be a nurse. Um, so she said, that's okay, just come visit us. So I did, and I also visited lots of other sisters because there's so many different kinds of sisters, and you can do so many different things. Um, but when I was visiting them, I didn't ever feel like I really belonged. Um, but when I went to the Servants of Mary in Kansas City, I realized this is where I belong. Um, so I really had to pray about that. And then the sisters let me go with them in their ministry. And so I got to go to people's homes um, to visit the sick with them. And I could see how special the ministry was and how different it was than I ever imagined. Um, and it wasn't a job, so the sisters never got paid. Um, they could go to anybody and take care of them um, in their home. They could pray with them. They could just sit and listen to them. Um, and it was really beautiful. And so I said, if this is what God is calling me to do, then this is what I, I'll do. Um, and, he, and he gives us the grace to do it, right? Um, so I did, and I never, never regretted one day. We have a very beautiful life, and I'm very, very happy that, um, that I was able to answer God's call for me. Um, so I'm very thankful for my vocation.
right, well, I believe we have three vocations directors among us, and I would maybe have a quick question for them, speaking from their uh, vocational perspective, whether it's a priest, priestly vocation, a uh, vocation to the brotherly monastic life, or a vocation to being a religious sister. Is there any advice that you could give our youth uh, as a vocations director about how to discern maybe that particular vocation? Uh, and you could add, of course, a general vocation uh, advice uh, to uh, discern, but maybe from speaking from your particular vocation. Sure, yeah, I would say uh, just a couple things, and I'm sure they'll say the same thing. Obviously, pray about it. I mean, if you haven't asked God what he wants from your life yet, start asking him today. You're going to have to ask him more than once. Um, because, he, as has been said, he slowly reveals things to us. And so ask him over and over again, Lord, what do you want from me? Um, but in, in terms of the diocesan priesthood, I would say one of the best things that you could do, uh, young men, is um, serve, get involved at, at Mass, and um, just be close to the Eucharist in a service position and just see what the Lord does with that. Because he'll start talking to you. The closer we get to him, the more he's going to talk to us. So if you go to adoration, if you go to Mass, if you use the, use the sacraments a lot, he's going to talk to you more. Um, but then also get, get to know Father Keith and any of the other priests that, uh, that might be here. Because, um, you know, when we're, discern- when we're discerning married life, we have our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and uncles and all those. Um, and so they help us to know what the, what the married life is like. But if you want to know what the priestly life is like, you, you got to talk to a priest. So get to know him. Ask him questions. Um, uh, have, have your family invite him to dinner, like all sorts of stuff like that. And the more you get to know him, the more you'll be able to discern maybe if that's something that God would be calling you to. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would say just one comment uh, generally about discerning vocations. Uh, this is not something that I thought of when I was your age, but for uh, Catholics, we, we have, I mean, really two major options for our vocations uh, between married life and then religious and priestly life. And to only have an openness to one of those, it, it kind of divides your world in half and takes away your freedom. So just on the level of, of expanding your freedom, having all the options on the table, I would encourage you guys, even if you have no sense of this, to have to foster an openness to all the vocations. I didn't have that. And like I said, that, that, I think that constricts your, constricts your freedom. It, uh, dimin- it, uh, makes you, it, it uh, re- destroys your freedom. Whatever. Limits your freedom. Thank you. Gosh, sorry. Um, for discerning monastic life, uh, again, Father Scott mentioned uh, prayer is a really important thing, and I, I would I would uh, definitely echo that. <clears throat> the other thing about monastic life that you would find that's very different from the priesthood is that we take a vow of stability, which means that we live in one place for our whole lives. We we don't travel around. We don't have uh, typically have assignments that lead us outside of the monastery, but we're at one location and we live uh, fraternal life. We live together uh, in community. So. Um, uh, that's very different from the diocesan priesthood at this point in time where typically there might be two, two priests, three priests living together. In my monastery, there's 35 of us um, all living together, eating together, praying together, working together, recreating together. So it really is a different calling and a different way of, of seeking Christ and serving Christ. Um, and so as you get older, if, if, that, if that style of life appeals to you, I would encourage you to visit, visit monasteries, visit, visit religious communities that have that fraternal life aspect. 
I think a really important thing is to come visit us. Uh, we like to have you come visit. Um, I know several of you have been to our convent. Um, and most of the time when girls come to visit us, um, they say it's a lot different than they imagined it would be. And so we like to have you come. Uh, we have our own groups that you could join to come on a regular basis or um, just um, any other group that wants to set up a good time or come with your family. Um, but you'll see the sisters are happy. Um, um, it's probably a lot different, so I think that's a really important thing, um, just to learn about being a sister. Um, just come experience it for yourself. And our time is coming to an end now, and I'd really like us all to show our great appreciation to all the members of our panel today for coming to be with us. Thank you. And, and I'd also I'd like to invite Father Larry to come up and close us in prayer before we head back to our classrooms. And as we do close in prayer, we ask you all for your prayers for us as well. I just got an email last night from a friend of mine who's a priest in Pakistan, and they just had an incident where a Christian uh, husband and wife were killed because they were Christians. And he asked us for prayers because they're going to be protesting um, over there. And, and as you know, there's not a lot of Christians in, in Pakistan, so it's kind of a dangerous place to live. So please do keep all of us in your prayers and the priests and religious throughout the world as well. So as we do pray, we ask hey, you, Heavenly Father, to send your Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us, to help us understand the deepest desires of our hearts, those desires that you place there and that you bring to life as we grow closer to you. Send your spirit and enlighten us, our minds and our hearts. We may follow your son wherever he leads us. And we ask this as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. And thank you for your attention and questions.